Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill and brought to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow my or you can follow our main account at Huskies on Tap. Today, we're going to be breaking down the 31 to 23 loss to the Kentucky Wildcats down in Lexington. Tight game, a lot of injuries. Um, Ethan Hampton, obviously, as you guys knew, for most of the social videos and just kind of the talk around NIU, he was probably going to start. He played a great game. And then Jordan Gandy, which was the surprise. I didn't realize that he was even injured and he was out for this one as well. And then you lose Marcus Cox during the game and Shamar Thornton during the game. So a lot of injuries, but a battered Husky team still found a way to give Kentucky a great game, stayed in it all the way down to the onside kick, which I felt like was in the air forever. They had a great opportunity to get that, but what are you going to do? Uh, Coach Hamick made a great point in the press conference that, you know, you don't, you don't win championships off these non-conference games. So as you can kind of sense in my voice, like, yeah, disappointed we lost. Obviously nobody expected that we lost or that we were going to win, but not disappointed with the performance. The team played well. We saw a lot of great things. People stepping up, making plays. We were able to run the ball. We were able to move the ball once we decided we wanted to throw the ball down the field at the end of the game. And defensively, aside from those touchdowns, which two of which came on zero blitzes, which for those of you guys that don't know, a zero blitz is no safety over the top. It's man-to-man coverage. That's a tough ask of your corners and your safeties in a game that we're physically outmatched. And we saw it in the end with the touchdown to Robinson to give them that 17-point lead, which I believe was their biggest lead on the night. And then other than that, I think the Blitz did fine. Like you got home five times this afternoon on Will – or five times this evening on Will Levis, able to record five sacks. Wasn't just one guy, too. Haberman had one. Esther had one. O'Malley had one. Like – the defense surprisingly looked a lot better than we thought they would, despite giving up 31 points. And offensively, we were going to come in and do what we do, right? We were going to run the football. We were going to try and control the clock. And we were going to try and play our brand of football. And for the most part that we did, but like Coach Hammock said at the end in the press conference, they just didn't make enough plays in the game ultimately to win the game. They played a great game in order to stay in the game, but they just needed a couple more deep plays down the field, break a tackle here, break a tackle there. And you find seven or eight more points in the game, but the fight was incredible. I think they were four touchdown underdogs going into this game. Didn't look like a team that was four touchdown underdogs on the field. And I think probably the worst part about this game is, is the injuries that we suffered, but the amount of growth that this team endured through a very brutal non-conference schedule is going to be invaluable for them for the rest of the season. As long as we can get healthy, I have no doubt in my mind that come December, we're still going to be packing up our cars and our trucks and our vans and getting ready to go to Detroit again. But as far as this non-conference schedule goes, it was going to be a tough one from the jump. Like Kentucky right now sits at eighth in the nation That's a team that will probably hover around the top 10 for the remainder of the season. So there's no reason to hang your head. Ethan Hampton comes in, throws the ball 13 for 25, 196 yards and a touchdown. 
Shamar Thornton also had a touchdown, which you got to bust out the trick plays in the big game. So I love uh, that they were able to dial that one up and it was successful. It kind of reminded me of the Husky special from a few years ago with Michael Love. Casper, decent on his one catch, I'd say, 63 yards. Cole Tucker, of course, Mr. Reliable, the leading receiver in the MAC, 55 receiving yards. But let's talk about Tristan Tavis, right? Where were you at for the Tristan Tavis game? Tristan Tavis, six catches, 37 yards, two touchdowns. And I got the chance to ask Ethan about kind of building that rapport with Tristan Tavis after the game because it kind of dawned on me. I'm sitting there on my way home from work. I got the game on in the cup holder. That's why I wasn't doing many tweets tonight. I'm, I'm like, Tavis again? And it dawned on me that Tavis and Hampton probably worked together a lot because they were the second unit. Sure enough. They worked a lot together this this uh, spring, also in the fall, and then as well as last season. So no surprise it, to any of us that Tristan Tavis is going to be one of his favorite targets when he gets in the lineup, and I'm happy for Tavis, too, that he stepped up. So now in the last two, two or three weeks, we've seen both Tavis and Sorahan take an increase in their workload and make the, the necessary plays to keep the team moving because you know we did lose Miles Joyner a few weeks back. So I think the depth of this team is going to play a big key coming down the stretch, coming down the stretch for the rest of the season. But this is it. That was that was the toughest part of our schedule. And now the rest of our schedule looking ahead is all games that I view as winnable, they view as winnable. And if you're listening to us on the Twitter space or whichever pod, podcasting platform you listen on, they're all winnable games. There's no reason why we can't, you know, finish the season eight and four or nine and three. I think just because we're one and three after non-conference, the only thing that that really eliminates is a New Year's Six Bowl and maybe the top 25. Still not completely eliminated from entering the top 25. I've seen crazier things happen. But the most important thing for this team right now is to lick their wounds, get healthy, and get ready for what's actually important in our season because yeah, the record says we're one and three, but anybody that watches this football team knows that it's only a matter of time before we get back to 500 and we will ultimately finish the season at or above 500 and in a bowl game. So I'm not hitting the panic button yet. They went for it on the fourth downs that they were supposed to. They punted it on the ones that they weren't. Richardson did his thing in the kicking game. Another great onside kick. He, you know, the, the guys weren't able to get down there and get it. Ethan Hampton, like the growth that we've seen just in two weeks, right? Like if you were to tell me that Rocky was going to go down at any point this season, right, and we were going to come in and still look like relatively the same team, like we're still able to move the ball, we're still able to run the ball. Ethan was making his throws and the receivers and, and tight ends were making their plays. I, would, I wouldn't have thought that that was the case, right? Because as we talked about on the preseason uh, podcast to preview the season, like we're one injury away at the quarterback position to the element of the unknown. Saw a little bit of Justin Lynch tonight, kind of playing the role that his older brother did. He got his first touchdown, so that was cool to see. And then Ethan played a great game. He didn't control – or he didn't uh, t- turn over the football. He controlled the game. And he was able to move the football when he needed to against one of the best defenses in the entire country. Going into this week, we talked about it. This is a defense that only gives up nine points a game. They just pitched a shutout last week. 
at the half, we're tied with them. And some could argue that we had the momentum. Now, obviously, they find a way to win the football game, but it's still a great performance from our team and a team that that for Husky fans, while it's still a young team, has the veteran presence to be able to pick themselves up out of the dumps after this non-conference. And I don't even think they'd even be in the dumps because they know what they're capable of and they know how they've played to get us ready to go beat Ball is not a state next week because Ball State is not good this year. And we'll get into the matchup next week or for next week on the – we'll talk a little bit of it on Monday with Rocky at Fatty's. And then I'll talk a little bit of it on Tuesday when I go over to the facility and uh, get the interviews for the week and go to the press conference. But as far as this game goes, I, I know I hate using the M word, the moral, the moral victory word, but all things considered, right? You don't have Rocky. You don't have Trayvon Rudolph. Obviously we haven't had him all season. You lose Shamar, lose Marcus, you know, all things considered, I think this team still gets a passing grade for how they performed today. They exceeded a lot of people's expectations. I'm sure a lot of people lost a lot of money betting on Kentucky. Can't say I feel bad for them. The Huskies are always, always, always a team that is going to give you a close game. And, yeah, you're not able to win this one. But, again, like I said, the valuable lessons that they learned in these last two weeks – just fighting through adversity and getting through to the next play and having that short-term memory loss to say, Hey, we're down 17, but we can still come back. And they were an onside kick away from having a chance to, to tie it up and maybe send it to overtime is all you can really ask for in this game. I think going into conference play, we'll see them open up the playbook a little bit more. We'll see them stretch the ball down the field more, whether it's Rocky or Ethan, I think, they'll have a little bit more confidence in those type of plays against the the Mac as opposed to Kentucky, who, like I said, their defense is, is bananas. But the health of this team is one thing that concerns me. And I know it's a quick turnaround. You're right back at it next week. But when one man goes down, another man must step up. And as you know, Coach Hammock preaches that next man up mentality. And – it was talked about a little bit in the presser. Cyrus McGarrell made his first start. Knighton made his first start today. And at the cornerback position, outside of being left on islands and zero blitzes, they protected those guys, and those guys played great games. All things considered, right? First start, you're in front of 60,000 people. You're playing against a team that there's a clear talent deficit against. And you go out there and do, do your best job, and you can live with the results, right? I'm not – too worried about how this team looks defensively going into conference play as much as I was like after week one or week two, right? You hold a team like this to Kentucky to 31 points. You have to remember they were favored by 27 points. So somewhere down the line, Kentucky was probably projected to score 40 or 50 points in this game. And honestly, a lot of Husky fans probably thought that they were going to score at will in this game. You hold a quality running back in Cavassier smoke to under 100 yards through the air. Levis is going to do what he does, right? He's the number three prospect in the NFL draft this upcoming season. He's going up against freshman and sophomore corners, young safeties. He had 303 yards and four touchdowns, but 
in our in our defenders' defense, a lot of those were yards after the catch and player players making plays with the ball in their hands. He was making good passes on third down, and that's one thing that I will say defensively. We still weren't able to do greatly tonight was to get off the field on third down. That's something I'll look for them to to be better at in conference play. But the worst part of the schedule is behind us. We have a fresh slate. We're zero and zero. And the job is to go one and oh each week and eventually find enough wins to get us back to Detroit. On the offensive side of the ball for this game, I think it's simple. I think you got to go with Tristan Tavis for the player of the game, right? A tight end that not usually the feature tight end, not not much of a, a threat in the passing game. And he comes in, he has two touchdowns, six receptions, and I believe 37 yards. Yeah, so 37 yards, two touchdowns, and six receptions. And we needed those touchdowns. Those touchdowns kept us in the game early as, as well as the defense keeping us in the game early. And then on the defensive side of the ball, it's tough. Uh, but I think I'm just going to have to give it to the D line. I can't give it to any one specific player. So I know, I know I missed out on Kennedy too, because Kennedy had a sack as well. So Kennedy, O'Malley, Esther, Haberman, all those guys played phenomenal. And I know one thing that will be at the top of all their highlight tapes is, is their sack on Will Levis. Can't take that away from them. They did their job today. They got after the quarterback and they were able to make plays. It's not, it's not their fault that they can't go on the back end of the play and cover it as well. Special teams, it's, it's kind of bland. I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't too much action on special teams. Richie made his kick. He kicked the ball well, and he honestly gave us a great opportunity to recover the onside kick. We just weren't able to get it done. But that's a guy that veteran presence, someone that I trust to, to hit the game-winning kicks for us here later in the season – and I think he'll get us another onside kick. Hopefully we won't need to kick the ball onside anymore for the rest of the season, but you, you never really know with this team. I think from a coaching standpoint, coaches did everything they could today. There's there's no – I'm not really hanging my hat on too much outside of the zero blitz specials. I, I don't understand the mindset behind it, uh, but they must have thought it was the right thing to do and – Unfortunately, we got burned for two touchdowns on those zero blitzes where it's just man-to-man and their players made a better play on the ball than we did and they ended in the end zone. So there's really nothing you can do about that. But when playing in a zone, when playing in the cover two, and when when keeping this Kentucky offense in front of them, they did a great job and they should have nothing to hang their hat on this evening. As far as the offense goes, I think – one thing that we've struggled with over the last two years is really just trusting our passing game, right? Really just giving our quarterback free reign to go out there and just sling it. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was Kentucky. We're not going to go in there willy nilly and, and start with an air raid offense. But I think as the season progresses, similar to last season, you will see this team test the ball down the field more often. They'll start throwing the ball down the field more often. And as long as our receivers can stay healthy, we'll be able to do it because we do have a deep receiver room. Fabian McCray looked good out there as well today. He's a very fast and shifty receiver. 
And if we do end up losing Shamar Thornton for any extended period of time, I full on expect Fabian McCray to step in and take over that role. Other than that, I I really think that you know, I see in the comments here, Cavassier Smoke is a top football name, I must admit. Top five football name, I must admit. Yeah, no, 100% agree with that, Sam. Cavassier Smoke is an elite name, regardless of what arena in life you are in. It just so happens that he happens to play football. I apologize for utilizing the word happens three times in 10 seconds. But from Penguin Cannon 77, we said, or he said, really happy with the game. I was really fine with living by the blitz. There was no way they could cover the Kentucky wide receivers and maybe the third and longs. Ran the ball well. <laughs> Ethan showed he's got a pair. I'm not going to. He put his meat on the table is basically what he said. I won't divulge. You'll have to go check the comments. And uh, he's talking about the bomb completion. And then he said he knew death was coming. So I don't know what that means. But Ethan, uh, back against the wall, really put his meat on the table and did what he had to do for the team tonight. And then the bearded pap said, who would have thought going into the half we would have been tied? And, yeah, I'm an irrational optimist about any team that I root for. So – I honestly thought we would have been winning, and I thought we would have won this game. I, I said 35-31. He held Kentucky to 31 points. We just couldn't find 35. It's unfortunate, but onward we must go. And the next team on the schedule is one of the teams that we love to hate, and that is ball is not a state. We're going to be back at Fatty's on Monday with Rocky. I know he didn't play this week, but we're still going to get his insight, see how he's feeling see what he saw from his young guns out there, uh, Ethan and Justin. And then we'll uh, get you guys ready for Ball State on Monday. And then, like I said, I'll be back on Tuesday at the facility for the press conference and then to talk to a couple more players. I do anticipate but cannot confirm I have to talk to Pete that we we will have Pete Nigra. I got to talk to him. So it's, it's about 50-50. I know the offensive line does their Monday dinners uh, at Fatty's. Uh, while we do the show. So I I would hope that uh, I could grab another guest so we could uh, spice it up. Maybe we'll do a little questionnaire. I'll I'll put Rocky and whoever else on the hot seat, kind of like we did last year. And we'll definitely have a good time out there on Monday. Remember, those start at 645. They run for about 45 minutes leading up to Monday Night Football. And then expect the pregame podcast for Ball State, I would say, Wednesday morning. But – This was another episode of Huskies on Tap presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill and brought to you by OnTap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow our main account at Huskies on Tap. We do have one final comment in the spaces section, and this is from Jake uh, Jake Walker. And I I said water. That's because I need some water, but... Jake said, NIU is going to be fine. Flashes of greatness throughout the non-conference slate and areas that they will learn from. They played well tonight, given the circumstances. I could not agree more, my dude. And I look forward to seeing us put a 50-burger on Ball State next week. We'll be back with you guys Monday night from Fatties live with my quarterback, Rocky Lombardi. But we really do appreciate you for joining us tonight. And go Husky. Yeah. I got drink of living left in the kitchen with magic. I got drink of living left in the kitchen with magic. Bad-